Hi, it's Bo Horvat from the Vancouver Canucks. Hey guys, it's Brittany Palmer, the UFC Octagon Girl. Hey, this is Trevor Hurst of Conline Crush. Hi, it's Bob Leonarduzzi of the Vancouver Whitecaps. Hi, this is Theotis Crane from AMC's The Walking Dead and WGN's Underground. Hi, this is George Thurgood. Hi, I'm Jackie Childs, social influencer. Hi, I'm William B. Davis, the cigarette smoking man from The X-Files. Hey, this is Vinnie Paul from Hell Yeah! And you're listening to the Toddcast right there in Vancouver. When you think back to your childhood, what are some of the key things that you remember? Is it certain friends, maybe? Family moments? Music? Food? Vacations? For me, I do remember being heavily into wrestling in elementary school. I would watch WWF or WWE now religiously. Hulk Hogan, the British Bulldogs, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Jake the Snake Roberts. I was enthralled. It was the storyline, the wrestling, the drama. As a kid, I just couldn't get enough of it. So to get a chance to have WWE SmackDown superstar Dolph Ziggler as a guest, I jumped at the chance to talk to this guy. Thanks to our buddies at Got Pop Concerts for setting this one up. You'll hear some of that conversation this week, because remember, all of the interviews that we do, you hear 10 minutes on the podcast, and the full interviews are at iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud, all of our pages. If you're a fan of WPT, the World Poker Tour, you're going to like this. Royal Flush Girl, model and black belt in Taekwondo, Ivy Tevez is a guest as well. Coming up in just a few minutes in Stop Me If You've Heard This Before, have you ever had a near-death experience? UFC Octagon Girl Ariane Celeste shares one from when she was just a little kid, and that's brought to you by ProTech Welding, Good friends on the North Shore here in Vancouver, Steel Fabrication. You can find them online through ProTechWelding.com. First, let's do this. Our first guest of three, this week's musical guest, Chantel Kreviazic. It's brought to you by the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe. You can find them at 579 Dunsmere, 579 Dunsmere, downtown Vancouver. Maybe you caught Chantel on her latest tour. She played the Centennial Theater in North Van just a couple of months back. You'll know Chantel through her music since the 90s. Her debut album, Under These Rocks and Stones, was released mid-90s, 96. She's had impressive success. Hit singles, album sold, chart placement, it's all there. She was born in Winnipeg, a good Canadian kid, went to an all-girls school, Met her husband, Rain Maida, of Our Lady Peace back in 1996 at a Pearl Jam concert. They got married a few years later in 1999. I love how music does that, brings people together. To this day, Chantel remains one of the best-selling Canadian artists in Canada. Beyond the music, you've seen her in several Canadian independent and short films as well. You can hear the full talk right now at our iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud pages. A simple search of Toddcast Podcast. In the meantime, here's 10 minutes with Chantel Kreviazic. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. What was the music in the Kreviazic house as a kid growing up? What are your What are your parents playing? You know, I think in retrospect, there was a lot of music. Yeah. You know, my grandparents were extremely musical. On my mom's side, they played violin, and they were like a duo together. It was adorable. Yeah. Um, and then on my dad's side, it was also like a, a piano in the in the farmhouse, and anyone could have at it, and people were always singing hymns together at the piano. I was always the last one there. That's uh, cool. And uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. 
Cool. So, so music obviously has been in your life, uh, like always. Then, what, what were the bands that your parents? Were it's cool that you guys were, were uh, like almost like a Partridge family. It feels like then, you're getting behind the keyboards, you're playing stuff, you're singing and everything together. But what are the bands that, you know, like like a traditional, like the Beatles? Was it Super Tramp? What was it? That yes. Was all yes. around the house. You're saying it. Yes. Right. It was everything. It right. Was, it was Barbara Streisand. It was. Um, Elvis Presley, it was John Lennon, Yoko Ono, it was, um, it was, uh, religious sort of more, um, evangelical Christian music. It was Hmm. everything, you know, Hmm. it's just absolutely everything. And then when my brothers who are older than me and my cousins who are older than me, they were like, my sisters got at me. It was like all this amazing, you know, rock and roll music, Mm -hmm. um, from Zeppelin to Judas Priest, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then I got into my Floyd and my everything. Just it was amazing. You have brothers and sisters, or is it just sisters? I have three brothers. Yeah. So, so what are they doing? Is it is it anything music related? Uh, my brothers and yeah, my one brother plays a lot of guitar. I might actually make a little documentary about his guitar playing in mm. the new year because he struggles with issues and so. Music is super helpful to him. Right. So it's amazing, like, the gift that music is at all levels, right? No matter who you are. Oh, it's it's incredible. I've been involved with a, a, a local group here in town, Music Heals, for a yeah, long time. Yeah, I kind of help out as, as much as I can. Yeah, yeah you know exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, when you really kind of dig into the, the effect of music and how powerful it is and how moving it is, there's something in the human brain that will allow you, even though you're slowly losing your mind, you're, you're losing your ability to converse with people, but yet somehow you can sing a song from when you were five years old. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's strange. It's like it's stored or it's processed in like a different spot. And yeah. Um, yeah. it really is a very safe, a safe spot, safe and secure spot that no one can fudge with or something. It's mm-hmm. super interesting. It, it really yeah. is amazing. And what was your first concert then? Uh, and how old were you? I can't remember. Um, oh my gosh! You know, I saw Tom Petty so many times. That's just one of my favorites. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad I saw Petty. Um, I saw Floyd. Yeah, or, great you know, show. A variation of the, Floyd. The Wall, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, the Wall was amazing. So good. Um, no, but I'm trying to think. When I was really little, what did I see? I can't even remember what I saw. Did I see the Police? Oof. I love the Police. Yeah, same. And I love Dream, Dream of the Blue Turtles is one of my favorite all-time favorite oh, wow. albums ever by yeah by yeah, Sting. Yeah. Um, and I discovered that when I was pretty young and cared a lot. I love the Eagles. My husband hates the Eagles. Yeah. I love the Eagles. Oh, the Eagles are so good. Um, yeah. I mean, I love uh, freaking what's his name? You know, freaking New York Minute. Are you kidding oh, me? That's like one of the great songs Yeah, it's, great video Don too. It, it, and it was Lit. it was I that. Uh, I, I think that that you and I were uh, uh, probably around the same age. I'm guessing I might be a little bit older, but. Right. Uh, it was that, sure. it, it was yeah, the, no, it, it was the videos, wasn't it? Like, remember the good rocking tonight and you know, where you would, yeah. you would actually get to see yeah. these cool videos yeah. that were kind of yeah. new. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah what um, and then, yeah, like, yeah. So there was a lot of, of, um, it's, it's really neat to think about like the soup that is our musical taste. Right. And that, like we have totally. all these different ingredients in there and then it's like, boom, what, you know, it all together and what do you get you right. know it's so interesting and it's neat to be somebody who does express himself musically every day and i get to sort of live out like what those 
that combination is, right? It's really neat. It, it is neat, yeah. And I'm, I'm curious about, okay, so the, the Christmas record that you just released last month, Christmas is a Way yeah. of Life, my dear. How similar yeah. is that to recording just a regular record? I, I think it was like in some way, shape, or form, I can't quite describe, a, a lot easier. Um, there was an element of fun to it, although I do have a solo album on the shelf that I recorded a little while back, and like that felt easier for me too. I'm starting to be a little more like easy in my recording process and not so like, it's not so intense and high pressure anymore. It's just, it's turning into being a lot more like fun. Yeah. Um, which is great. Yeah, imagine so, if it was the other way around. <laughs> just gets harder and harder well, every single time. <laughs> harder and harder. Well, you know what? It could. It depends. I mean, I'm just, I think it's an attitude thing. So I'm just really happy as to like how my attitude is, you know, how it's moving forward um, regarding making music. That's, that's really, for me, it's really exciting. Uh, Chantel, yeah. I, I, would, I would love to get outside of music a little bit if you're cool with that. What are you binge watching lately? If you find the time, when you find the time, what are you watching? I love the Watchmen. Yeah, I love the Watchmen, and then I love the um, what's the, uh, Ray Donovan, and we mm. love Succession. Um, hmm. I think that's kind of right now. I do want to watch. Oh, ooh, I loved the loudest voice in the room. I thought that was really good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I want to really suggest good. The Boys, if you haven't seen that. It's a superhero okay. type, kind of like Watchmen oh, feel cool. almost. Super cool. Hang on. Do you, ever, you get into those styles of movies? You like the X-Men, the Avengers, if, Batman? If something grabs me, what the heck, right? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Yeah. I what? mean, I'm okay with it, but these other ones are kind of up my alley right now. Um, I also really liked, what's that other one? Oh, uh, uh, the, um, the one with um, Jason Bateman. That's a really good one right now, too. Oh, yes. Uh, Ozarks. Yeah. Ozarks. That was so good. So good. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Do you believe aliens have visited Earth? Lately, I believe this is a simulation from everything I read. I've kind Mm. of, my brain, my brain is like flipped on its end, but this is a simulation. So if it's a simulation, that means anything's possible because someone's just like writing the story. (laughs) Mm. Interesting. I don't know. I've lately been thinking that as well. Because you, I started, you know, I think a lot of people are thinking it. We're we're just figuring it it out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 A lot of people think you're completely crazy when you bring that up. Yeah, it's like the other thing about the simulation is that you notice how that word creator has become such an, like a big part of culture. Like, so we always had the creator in religion, right? We had a God. Right. And now we have creators who make all the various, like, apps and softwares are called creators. And we're creative beings. But I don't know. I kind of think that, like, my head is kind of saying, what's the difference if it was a God or it was a a creator of the simulation? And the creator. The creator could be somebody who is a fifth grade student somewhere <laughs> and was doing an experiment and right. like, you know, what feels like a billion years for us is really 15 minutes burden her presentation right now. I mean, who knows? Like, but, but, but at the end of it all, when my head starts to explode, I just think to myself, <laughs> you know what? It doesn't really matter. Right. All we have, we haven't got that kind of control. All we have is control over here and now. And I really believe no matter what your philosophy, your religion, your outlook is, the healthiest you, the best you, 
is in the moment, is in the present moment in time, and isn't doing forward thinking, and isn't isn't living in the past, and isn't trying to control things that are out of your control. So <laughs> if it's a simulation and it's a fifth grader, I hope she's well in her report. And uh, she's absolutely crushing it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I, I want to respect your uh, your time, Chantel, and uh, I'll wrap okay. it up with with yeah. this last thought. Your thoughts on yeah. legalized marijuana? It's been around for about a year now. Yeah, I, you know what's so interesting is that I think it's better people know what they're getting. So I, regulating is probably a great idea. And I mean, Canadians um, uh, by percentage have always used more marijuana since like forever than any other society. Right. So I, I don't know why you know if that's who we are. Then like whatever. I don't. I personally don't uh, use any any medications or do recreational drugs. I drink. I drink a bit of wine and little tequila here and there, and I enjoy the odd martini. I, I'm not a... I've only just had my first martini in the past, like, month. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not good myself with any person. Like, I'm not good with drugs. I think because, I, I know, I smoked pot when I was a kid in Winnipeg, and I think I smoked it too early, so I just stay off of, of everything now. Right. Um, but, I, but what I'm not prepared to do is tell anyone else um, what works for them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like, uh, my, my thing is, like, you know, I'm, I'm, on, I'm wanting to see people be happy. I want to see people thrive, mm-hmm. and I want to mm-hmm. see them successful. And I don't mean successful like they're making money. I mean, I want to see them uh, their life worth being honor, honored, and I want to see them being the best them, living their best life. So if smoking a bit of pot is what makes you live your best life, great. If, if eating an edible is what does it, great. Um, but, you know, it's like anything, right? There's going to be a learning curve and there's going to be, um, we're going to, who knows? Like, we're going to have to see what the, what the little, um, what any of the little curveballs are that are thrown at us as a result of, uh, of, of embarking on that, um, you know, new, um, new law. Musical guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe. Check them out at 579 Dunsmere, downtown Vancouver. You're free.
And now, stop me if you've heard this before on the Toddcast Podcast. MMA fight fans will know UFC Octagon Girl Ariane Celeste. Even if you're not a big fight fan, you've seen her in multiple magazines, namely Maxim, FHM, Sports Illustrated, Playboy. In fact, her issue, November 2010, was the top selling of the year. Remember Overhauling? Ariane was a co-host in 2014 and 2015, and when she called up to be a guest of the podcast, we talked about how BJ Penn is one of her favorite MMA fighters all time. She just started up her girlfriend box business and gave us a lowdown on that. We talked about traveling the world and how the Dodge Neon was her first car. We talked about time travel and how cool that would be. We got into cheat foods, workout schedules, and a lot more. And stop me if you've heard this before, Ariani shared a near-death experience from when she was a kid and how she almost drowned. When I was a kid, I was doing like a, I was playing with my cousins and my cousins are, they're brothers and they're very competitive and I was the judge to their contest and they were doing like who could stay underwater the longest and <laughs> my favorite cousin, of course, I said one. And then my other cousin, um, and I didn't know how to swim at the time. I was probably in kindergarten. I, I, he tried to drown me. So I just remember, like, wow. trying to swim and, and trying to catch my breath. Um, and I remember it so clearly. And then my favorite cousin <laughs> saved me. So, <laughs> wow. yeah, that has happened. <laughs> wow. So I always make fun of my other cousin. And I'm like, yeah, you remember that time that yeah, you no all were still seeing that? Stop me if you've heard this before on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by ProTech Welding, a CWB certified steel fabrication shop in North Vancouver and online at ProTechWelding.com. Makes you victim, makes you host They don't even know your name Time is of the essence they say Never gonna be the same When you get back to the start, swipe right again Cause I never wanted to hold you More than I do right now Cause you're digging your own grave And you can't get out It's your easy love It doesn't matter
Best Night Ever, and a great song for those guys called Easy to Love. Uh, Their singer, Patrick Gavigan, has teamed up with Phil Dixon to headline our Friday Night's Volume 31 at the end of the month. The last Friday of every month, the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe downtown Vancouver presents a podcast show, and we have Patrick and Phil together on Friday, February 28th. Kellen Sipe and Emily Malloy will open up that night, eight bucks in advance right now through myshowpass.com. If you want to risk it and wait for the doors, it's cheap, 10 bucks. Same place, Bonds of Mara, February 15th, this Saturday at the Railway, played you their song, Lights Out. They're playing their first show in Vancouver this Saturday. Bonds of Mara, No Liars, and Crankshaft. That's 10 bucks in advance, again, through myshowpass.com. 15 bucks, I wouldn't advise waiting for the door for this one. I'm just saying. Hope to see you out for that one. I doubt that you'll see them at a small venue like Railway the next time they tour again. Speaking of live music, you can find info on all podcast shows and a lot more with the indie scene at toddhancock.ca. There's a bunch of great shows always coming up. Make sure you get out there, support some of the local bands. Brought to you by Mystic Rhythms Rehearsal Studios. 40 plus years experience in the music industry. Find them through mysticrhythms.ca. Coming up later on in the podcast in listen to this, Royal Blood singer Mike Kerr talks about the music his parents played in his house when he was a kid growing up. That is powered by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley. Service, repair, ICBC accredited. You can find them online through TedcoRVSuppliesInc.com. First, let's get to the second of three Toddcast guests this week, our sporting guest, WWE SmackDown superstar, Dolph Ziggler. It's brought to you by Block E Media. Grow your business online, social media marketing, digital advertising, and a lot more. Keep up through blockemedia.com. You will know Nick, Nicholas Namath, as WWE SmackDown superstar Dolph Ziggler. As you might expect, he crushed as an amateur wrestler several school records for Kent State University. In 2004, the WWE came knocking. They sent him to Ohio Valley Wrestling, where he wrestled under his real name. The next year, 2005, he was promoted to the WWE Raw brand, and he came up to play a caddy sidekick, basically. Then it was back to Ohio to play Nikki in the cheerleading-themed Spirit Squad. He did some wrestling in Florida Championship Wrestling, where he won the Tag Team Championship twice. In September 2008, this is where he was repackaged as Dolph Ziggler. 
where he's held the World Heavyweight Championship twice, the Intercontinental six times, the United States Championship twice, the Raw Tag Team Championship twice, one of the most decorated WWE wrestlers all time, and he's a super nice, down-to-earth guy. The full conversation is definitely worth hearing. Search it out again through Toddcast Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Till you hear that, here's 10 minutes with WWE superstar Dolph Ziggler. The Toddcast Podcast. What is your first wrestling memory? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Um, the first thing that I, remember, I, the first show I ever went to was back in the, it was called WWF. I was five years old. Um, my dad took me, uh, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and we didn't even have an arena. We had to drive out like an hour out of town to Richfield, to the Richfield Coliseum. And, um, I remember, I remember a tiny, a couple of still moments in my head, but I don't remember too much about the entire show. Um, there was it was the Hart Foundation versus the British Bulldogs in a steel cage. Okay. Um, and I remember it was Hulk Hogan versus Harley Race in the main event, and I don't remember anything else. And we were f- miles away. There was no big trons back then, and you could barely tell who was in the ring. But uh, you knew like Hulk Hogan's music and stuff like that. Right. Um, and I, I had a blast. And uh, I, I, no joke. I told my dad, I go, hey, I want to be a wrestler. I want to do this. And. Um, and he goes, okay, so like um, two, maybe two months later, I started just, you know, amateur wrestling just one day a week and just trying to learn it. And uh, I just got really into it. And my dad goes, this is, I was very, no, no joke. Like, I, I do some stand-up jokes about it, but I went into amateur wrestling thinking it was WWE. <laughs> and I walked in there, and it was like, just, you know, people, you know, on, you know, no ring, no ropes, just people wrestling on a mat. And I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I got into it and I, my dad goes, get good at this. And then you'll have a chance at that. So I stuck with it like all the way through college. Right. And so for right, right. As a, as, as a kid and stuff, like which were the, the wrestlers that you were kind of idolizing? It was Hogan and, uh, and the British Bulldogs and all that, or of course, British Bulldogs, uh, Hulk Hogan. Um, I really liked, uh, Mr. Perfect and the ultimate warrior. And then, um, as I got a little bit older, um, not, not old enough to be into Ric Flair, but at a, a very young age, uh, too young to be into Ric Flair. Cause he was a cool, you know, and he had to understand, you know, know how wrestling was, understand how good he was at his job, but he was cool in the four horsemen. But right. I had an uncle that was really into the four horsemen and he showed me stuff like before you start learning and before you're, you know, a teenager and supposed to start getting into cool stuff. I, I, and the inside, you know, in in the weeds kind of things, I was already into them at a young age. So I, you know, wanted to be Ric Flair Mm. and I wanted to follow in that. I wanted to be, you know, uh, you know, uh, a bad guy, but also looking good, looking great, looking cool. And, you know, being (laughs) the most important part of the match, uh, part of the most important part of the show. And no matter what, no matter where you were, what you did, like wanted it to be the best. So I got into Flair probably 10 years before you're supposed to. Right. You have over 6 million people following you online. <laughs> does it, <laughs> does it ever get to be too much? Oh my God. Uh, no, no, of course not. Uh, I, I'm lucky. It, it's a weird, it's a weird world because, uh, I'm one of those, my generation grew up without social media right. and with social media and we can kind of turn it off. I know uh, we laugh sometimes, but there's, there's young kids who, if you're getting bullied at school and then sometimes you go home and you go on social media, you're getting bullied there and it doesn't end 24 hours a day. And that is something they have to live with. And it's, we do so many different things about kids getting bullied online. And it's a real bummer that it, 
exist, but it does. Yeah, it and it's everywhere. Yeah. But I had like that life before cell phones to where I went and played till it was dark outside and then came inside and ate and went to bed like mm-hmm. and I watched a little TV or something. But I can turn it on and turn it off and I'm very, very lucky. I use social media to promote shows like comedy shows, wrestling shows, appearances, uh, and fun Q and A's because I like to interact with the fans and let them know I'm not just the guy that goes out there and wrestles for five minutes. Sometimes, you know, I, I have a brain too. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's fun to just make jokes. So I'm very lucky to where I don't take it seriously. I have fun. I put people in their place, but usually I am there to joke around, which by the way, until 2016, that's what Twitter used to be for joking <laughs> around and right. reading news. And now it is just everybody fighting with each other, which is fine as long as you still don't take that seriously. But there's so many grown-ups, so many that take it so seriously that they probably go to bed thinking about someone that made them mad. And I go to bed smiling, thinking I can't wait to get on there again. Yeah, yeah, well said. All right, let's go down this uh, stand-up comedy path. Uh, (laughs) You know, Dolph Ziggler, everybody knows you from the WWE. Then you start to get into stand-up comedy. It's over five years now, isn't it? That's that's a little misleading, though. It's probably been four or five years, but those first two years, I probably did two or three shows total. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I don't get a chance to, to get those reps in at the uh, uh, at too many, like, open mics or small shows or just go up there. But once, in, I, you know, a handful of open mics where I tucked my hair into my hat and said I was Nick and I was just talking about my trip to, to Chipotle or at the gym or something. Yeah. But, uh I, so, because I try and learn as much as I can, but with WWE we have this following, and there's a lot of people that want to come see you, you know, out of your element or doing something fun. And I totally. And not only that, I owe them, you know, that they've come to know me as someone who kind of sets the bar and fueling the show all the time. So I don't want to <laughs> not put on a great show for them. So I pace around my house. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I do everything I can. I, I try jokes out on Twitter. I have, I do everything I possibly can to make those shows fun. And uh, I've been very lucky. A lot of times I. I uh, team up with Sarah Tiana, and she is a pro for like 20 years now. Right. And uh, she has me under her wing. I get to learn, you know, some timing of things. So I'm getting my reps in. I throw things by her. She calls all the shots, and I go out there, and we have a blast. And since we have this, like, good camaraderie, our Q&A is on the roast battle on Comedy Central, and people love that part more than anything. So it's, it's about improv and having fun and roasting and joking, but also me getting my stage time so I can get better. Yeah, I would love to get outside of wrestling and, and comedy and, of course, what you're known for, uh, if you're cool with that, just for a few. Sure. What was the music in your house as a kid growing up? Like, what are your parents playing you? Oh, uh, let's see. That's a great question. Uh, my dad liked uh, The Doors, uh, you know, uh, Steppenwolf, some rock and roll stuff. Um, we are a family that starts the Christmas music a little bit early, so, or <laughs> Boston Day for you guys. But, yeah, we, we started a little bit early. I've been... Uh, for about a week and a half now, I've been playing it, which is, you know, you're supposed to wait till Thanksgiving. But Of course. Uh, we do, yeah, Battle Lives and uh, Elvis Presley. We, we start playing those anytime November 1st. I, I don't want to say that I have a very small palm tree, almost like along the lines of a, a Corona commercial, but a miniature palm tree, one with Christmas lights on it. But I'm looking at it right now, and it's lit up. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to wanna, I don't wanna say it, but I will say it. <laughs> what was your first concert? Uh, my first concert, my mom took me to see Michael Jackson in 1984. Wow. And uh, I don't really remember it. I re- all I remember, we were a mile away from the stage, and I remember the lights went down, and there was a spotlight, and it was him standing there, and then he threw a rose into the crowd, and everybody don't, like, 
imagine that wedding where they where they toss the bouquet, but with up fifty thousand people diving for it. And I remember <laughs> right. that happening. And I think he started playing "Beat It," and then that's all I remember. I was like four and a half years old. Uh, but I, I've uh, since then I, I've been bouncing around. I've, I've got, really got into rock and roll. I got into Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses, mm-hmm. and uh, I just saw Guns N' Roses a couple of weeks ago, and they they are they rock. They how, go almost three how hours is long. That tour? I mean, it's so good. I mean, they played the, the BC Place here in Vancouver, and dude, it was incredible. There, there's no like it's crazy. Axel's so much better than he was. 15 years ago right and uh they play for three hours they rock everybody hits their stuff there's it's so fun a sides b sides covers and axel his voice sounds amazing and I, of course i lose my voice singing along because i don't know what the hell i'm doing <laughs> right and what did you think of the motley crew movie uh motley crew is great uh my because i'm such a hardcore fan of theirs i'm bummed that, like that book if oh, you, the book you is, made that, yeah, man. Like they're, they're, it's unreal. Yeah, right. they're they're the band for me. Like I have a star on yeah. my hand, tattooed on my hand because of you know Tommy Lee. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, awesome. They yeah. rock so hard. Like that book should have been a six-hour movie or like Easy. ten one-hour totally. uh, Netflix episodes or something, and they cut that down to ninety minutes. And I don't even know how they did that. I have but, no idea. But it is, yeah. My yeah. friends were all like, yeah, that Ozzy Osbourne thing, short and ass is crazy. I'm like, dude, there's 700 more stories like that, but there was no time to put them in. Like, read the, I read that book every, maybe every year and a half or so, just because it's, it's so good. For two weeks, just to reread it, it's wild. Yeah. It, it really is, yeah. Uh, do you get into the, the superhero movies? What's your favorite superhero movie they've Ooh, made? I really don't, but a long time ago, a friend of mine told me, uh, he goes, I know you're not into any of this stuff. He goes, but watch Iron Man, the Dude. first one. Yeah. He goes, you'll like it. The guy drinks. He's like, he's drinks and he flirts with girls the whole time. He's like, you're going to love it. I'm like, all right, great. And I watched it and uh, I thought it was fantastic. And I've seen, I don't think I've seen any of the other movies ever. Hmm. This was like 15 years ago. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're not my thing, but I know they, they crush and oh, I mean, man. They, break records every couple months or something yeah. yeah so many people love it yeah here's an oddball question for you do you believe that aliens have visited earth you know that's a great question holy cow that's awesome uh i don't know all i know is i'm into news and politics and i read it all day long and there's a really funny thing that happened a guy from blink 182 yeah said, uh, travis hey. parker no not travis uh, <laughs> uh tom DeLong. He goes, hey, here's some proof of aliens. Right. And the FBI or CIA go, yeah, we think that's aliens. And we are so jaded that six hours later, we weren't even discussing it in the news. And he went, what? And yeah. like, anyway, this happened in the White House. they like, wait, did we just say aliens were real? Like, we have proof? Like, it's crazy. That's how fast that news cycle it used to go from a week to 24 hours. Now it's like six or 12 hours and yeah. gone. Sporting guests of the Toddcast podcast are brought to you by Block E Media Inc. Digital marketing plans and solutions done for you and done with you online at blockemedia.com. Something else 
You could argue that Royal Blood is one of the best rock bands of the last decade. Their latest album went number one on Billboard. They played to about 170,000 people the last time they played Glastonbury. They've toured with Foo Fighters, Guns N' Roses, Queens of the Stone Age. And when Royal Blood singer Mike Kerr was a guest, he talked about his first concert the shows that he was binge-watching at the time. He shared the superpower that he'd want to have and his favorite superhero. And Mike shared the music that was in his house as a kid growing up. Listen to this. My dad was like very much into like jazz, (coughs) which which never really grabbed me. But there was always like, my mum's like CD collection was always shit you just buy in like the supermarkets, you know. So there was like loads of greatest hits (laughs) records. I remember finding like Elvis Presley and the Beach Boys and and you know the Beatles and lots of like kind of yeah massive introduction to to rock and roll in that in that sense. But um, I kind of discovered a lot of stuff on my own really. Yeah. I don't have any any like, older brothers. I had lots of sisters that were listening to like fucking Spice Girls, which I wasn't really into when I was young. And boys zone. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I kind of like found things. Um, along the way like it's, it's actually quite funny I, I thought the other day about you know that PlayStation 2 game Tony Hawk's Pro Skater yeah I just realised like the amount of music that I discovered through that game was actually pretty mental like because no one yeah I didn't have anyone to show it to me so I discovered like you know Rage Against the Machine through that and you know like just different things like that really listen to this on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley an ICBC approved repair shop find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com we're 
That band is Nicholas Rage and such a good song. It's called Dirty Talk. They're from Edmonton. And for the most part, we generally only play Vancouver indie bands, but we make the exception here and there. And was talking to their singer towards the tail end of last year. Might try to get these guys rolling through Vancouver this year to play a podcast show. So love to see what these guys are all about live. Great band. Again, Nicholas Rage. Played you Civiliana, and their song is called Carry a Light, another great local Vancouver band. I was checking out their Facebook page. There's no live dates scheduled. Maybe they're hard at work in studio, knock wood, or uh, more, more music's on the way. I'll have to do a bit of digging and maybe see what's up in their world. All right, Todd Strolls is coming up in just a bit. The stupid, the mean, the hurtful, but really it's the funny things that people say to what you post and what you see online. This week, Huey Lewis and the news. What, they're back? The Sonic the Hedgehog movie and Rugby's Six Nations tournament share the spotlight. It's powered by Good Times Gin and Tonics, our friends putting the GTs back in the G&T. Find them through goodtimesdrinks.com. Also on Facebook, also on Twitter. Trolls is coming up, but first our final guest of this episode 214, this week's entertainment guest, World Poker Tour Royal Flush Girl Ivy Tevez. It's brought to you by Pete's Meat in Kitsilano, Vancouver. Easily the best butcher shop. They've got a great little deli as well. Quality, natural, sustainable. You can find them at 12th in Arbutus, again, in beautiful Kitsilano, Vancouver. You're going to know World Poker Tour Royal Flush Girl Ivy Tevez for more than poker. In the full 35-minute conversation, and by the way, how cool is this? I said, look, can I grab you for about maybe 15, 20 minutes? Super generous with her time. You've seen Ivy modeling in some big brands over the years as well. Skechers, she did an ad for Coca-Cola. She's tough as well, as mentioned off the top. She's a black belt in Taekwondo. She's got a great presence on social media, super engaging. She's fun. She's active. Uh, the full talk is now posted at our iTunes podcast page. Search that out through Toddcast Podcast. Till then, here's 10 minutes with world poker tour model and all around badass Ivy Tevez. The Toddcast Podcast. And that has to be one of the best parts about what you're doing is the traveling the world. Yeah, are you kidding me? That's why I'm sticking around. Eight reasons that they show I'm not leaving. Yeah, no doubt. Kicking and screaming, dragging you out. Exactly. Well, now, working with World Poker Tour, you must be good at poker. You know what? That's a misconception that people always like think. Mm. The thing is, I've been around poker players, and you do get tips from them, sure. you know, when I do ask, like, what's the difference between, like, playing live tournament versus online and yada, yada, and then they'll tell you how it is. But this, what you don't realize to be really good in poker, this is their life. They breathe, eat, live poker. Sleep they it, study. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, to be really good and be top of, you know, the food chain there, you do the work. So me being around is not good enough. Like, that's mm. not what it takes to be a good poker player. Yeah, but you, I do really have, have a good focus. poker face. But uh, yeah. you've got a good poker face, yeah. <laughs> I can bluff people. And you you don't drink alcohol at all. How, oh, how, did I tell you that? How hard? No, I saw it on, <laughs> I saw it on a video. How hard is that when you're out on the scene as much as you are? Um, I don't, I don't know if you can tell I'm super bubbly. Yeah. <laughs> so people yeah. think I'm naturally drunk. <laughs> They're just like, 
Oh, like, you know, you were, like, doing this last night. I guess you were so drunk. I was like, yeah, about that. Uh, yeah. You're like, <laughs> so, not yeah, no. a drop. You know what it was? When I was younger, um, I think I tried a red wine or something, and I started breaking out in hives. So then oh. I realized I'm allergic oh. to alcohol, so I never touched it. Okay. I also, um, growing up, I was in martial arts, so I was training every day, and that went through college. So I didn't really have a chance to even party or like drink alcohol because I was training mostly every day and competing. Right. Now, fair so, enough. And, and, and you are uh, you have a black belt in Taekwondo. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I compete That's all over the place. Amazing. Thank you. When did you start <laughs> training? Um, I started, it's really funny, I started training martial arts when I was maybe 10, mm-hmm. and only because my mom thought that I was so weak and I would just like drop like a fly anytime kind of thing. <laughs> right, okay. She was like, let's toughen you up. So I did karate, so which is the Japanese arts first. And I noticed the first day um, they had me like fight this girl, and she's like a brown belt, which is below black belt basically mm-hmm. and i was a white belt um they taught me like basically the basic of just punching and blocking so with that punching and blocking i actually won my very first like sparring which is wow everyone's like so surprised right yeah exactly yeah. i was surprised i was like whoa <laughs> so um i guess you would say some people would have like the talent like naturally mm-hmm. so that's what i had i was natural at it so i got really good super fast and got to my black belt compete everywhere and i knew i was good at it so it was something i enjoyed good for you yeah, do you do, do you get pulled into the the mma world then or are you a big fan of ufc and, and bellator and all those fights oh my gosh i am it's so funny i was right? just talking to my friend josh thompson before he called oh, cool. um because right he's in LA and um, he's he's a good friend of mine, so mm. he was just telling me there's an event on Saturday. So yes, um, I love UFC. I grew up watching UFC, um, you know the Chuck Liddell days and all that. Um, yeah, Randy I've, Couture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you years. remember? Those, yeah, those, those were like back the, in the day. Totally foundational uh, years for that company. Right. So yeah. yes, no, I really enjoyed it. I was a big fan. I would always watch pay per view. Uh, my dad passed, but when he was like, we were. It's actually a family thing. My mom's a black belt. My dad's a black belt. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So he used to all watch UFC and like wrestling is big in the Philippines because okay. I was born there. Oh, you were born in the so, Philippines. Okay. So. I was born in the Philippines. What is your nationality then? So my biological father is Chinese, and my mom is Filipino-Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of mixed. People can't really tell what I am. When did, when did you hop over to North America? Um, when I was really young, like 14, 13 maybe. Okay. I was not that young. Yeah, yeah so I was in so, like, yeah. just entered sophomore year. Hmm. But I, I don't know if you know, like Filipinos back in the day, they're so advanced in like classes. So mm-hmm. I was in sophomore, but every class I was taking was like senior classes. So right. I was like accelerated to pretty much everything that seniors were doing. So I graduated. I, they wouldn't let me graduate early, but I was only taking like one class in senior year because I finished wow. early. Very interesting. <laughs> I used to be smart. <laughs> you used to be right, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stop using my brain. Let me, let me, uh-huh. let me, let me quickly, quickly uh, pull you back to fights. Uh, what did you think of the McGregor-Cerrone fight? Did you, did you watch it? No, I didn't see that one. 
I know. It was like yeah. one of the biggest fights. Where was I? I was out of the country. It, it, it I was, was probably over in Mexico. So fast. It was one of those blinks and it's gone. Oh no, like just one round? 40 and seconds. That... Yeah, 40 seconds. <gasps> no. It, my, okay, now I got to see it. You, you got to go. Yeah, who won? It's, it's, I didn't even know. Oh my God. I feel uh, bad now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I won't tell you who won then. So, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it was over pretty fast, but. Anyway. Did you have to pay for it? Because that would suck. Yeah, well, yeah, you had to pay for it. Exactly, yes. But, you know, I think that when, when, when you walk into a fight like that, and, of course, there's other fight cards. I mean, Holly Holm was, was fighting that night as well. But I think that when you go into a fight like that with a guy the like McGregor, event. you kind yeah. of expect, like, obviously you want it to go a couple, two, three rounds, maybe even deeper into the championship four yeah. and fives. But I think you kind of, with a guy like that, where you know McGregor can knock somebody out, I think you walk in it going like, all right, well, if, if it's early, it's early. If it goes late, it's great. I think. Yeah, but I've seen fights and I was like, man, I paid like, what, 60 bucks F- for 50, this? 60 bucks, last I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I want my money worth. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. but anyway, yeah, ser- search that out. 40 seconds. That's a 40 second fight. Is that a new record for him? Or? Uh, I, no, because he knocked uh, Jose Aldo out in like, yeah, it was fast, like eight seconds, 10, 12, something like that, like real fast. Oh, and, and Jose Aldo was supposed to be that guy to stop at the time. He was supposed to be the guy to stop uh, McGregor. And it was yeah, like, he, boom, he's instantly a, gone, done. He's a beast. Yeah, it's it's really insane. It, and he looks focused <laughs> and he, he looked really good, like pre-fights. He hadn't been drinking for about six or eight months or something like that. <laughs> Funny did, how that yeah. makes people look good, right? right. <laughs> You're like, yeah, preach it. Preach yeah, it. Uh, exactly. So, yeah. Ivy, I heard that, that you were approached um, at 15 years old by a scout, and that's how you started modeling. Oh, you researched me. All right. So, uh, this is really funny because um, in the Philippines growing up, what they considered pretty was like the Western look. So you have to like kind of have like European and Asian type, so mm. like Eurasian. Mm-hmm. But I was actually more Chinese than anything looking. So I wasn't like considered pretty mm. when I was in the Philippines. It was like kind of awkward, actually. <laughs> I came here. <laughs> yeah, I came here and people were staring at me. It was crazy. We would walk, you know, around the mall, me and my mom. And even my mom goes, she was so confused why people were looking at me. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Wow. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't know. I like, had no idea why they were looking at me. So a scout came up to me and asked me if I wanted to be a model or would I consider it, you know? And I was like, yeah, this is a scam, I'm sure. Like, they yeah. just want money. Like, I had no, like, I didn't really think of me as pretty or anything like that or even, like, modeling was so far out. That's why I went to school and, like, you know, really studied. Yeah, you know, if that's not happening, then you got to go to school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then my mom and my dad came with me and the modeling agency in Beverly Hills said, um, yeah, we're going to pay for everything up front. And then when you start booking gigs, that's when we take start taking out, like, you know, whatever we put up for you. So wow. that was different. It, right? It, is I that- know. Normally, like, is, does that happen very often in, in that no. world? It doesn't no. seem like it would be like that. No. No. They're, if they don't believe in you, like, you do put up your own money for, like, photo shoots and tests and stuff in your portfolio. Right. Wow. Unless you're, like, super high-end type models, like the Elite or Ford models, then they don't do that. What's been the career highlight, um, you know, in that regard? 
I started booking big brands like Skechers, and um, I was at, in Times Square at um, for Coca-Cola. Wow. And I was wow. like, yeah. That's so, crazy. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, wow, I'm, not, I'm actually like, a real on, model. Let me, let me just quickly drop uh, Coca-Cola. You know? <laughs> like, holy man, that is a massive job. Right. Good so, for you. Uh, thank wow. you. Thank you. So at a very young age, like I was booking so many gigs and I was just like, I guess I gained confidence early on. Like I was, you know how kids are like teens, you're usually like not so sure of yourself. You're trying to Always. find yourself. You're very insecure. Yeah. But that experience for me just turned everything around and I'm like, wow, I made it. Like I am legit. Wow. <laughs> like it's not just one of those. Yeah. So, oh, shit. Yeah. Entertainment guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Pete's Meat, Butchery Shop and Deli, 2817 Arbutus, Kitsilano, Vancouver, and online at Pete's-Meat.com.
close to the sea Forever will we dream From the world that never leaves The Toddcast Podcast is powered by Milano Coffee Bringing you the finest espresso and coffee concepts in the world Online at milanocoffee.ca A look at this week's keyboard warriors Todd's Trolls on the Toddcast Podcast. Chirp, chirp. You cannot jump online, surf Twitter and Facebook, and not see the bullshit comments to basically everything. No one and nothing is safe. Not even the legendary Huey Lewis and the News. 19 top 10 singles. They've sold over 30 million albums worldwide. We haven't heard from them in a while, but cue a new album out in a few days on February 14th. It's called Weather. Huey Lewis in the News is putting out a new album? Awesome, said no one. They were terrible in the 80s, although this album might be worth checking out if only for a good laugh. 50 to 60-year-olds must be pumped about this. Everyone else, not so much. Do you think you'll make it to the theater to see Sonic the Hedgehog? It's being released on Valentine's Day. You know the video game franchise. Now you can watch Sonic on the big screen. Jim Carrey plays the evil Dr. Robotnik. This one might need the help of Captain 420. It's kind of sad that Jim Carrey's no longer a draw. Or funny. Wow, Hollywood is reaching with this one. Big time. I'm a gamer and this is garbage. And Six Nations. Big rugby tournament going down right now. February 1st through March 14th. It's happening in multiple locations. UK, Ireland, France, and Italy. Hard up for entertainment much? Okay, I will give you 500 bucks if you can name one professional rugby player. Rugby must be a slow sports week. Todd's Trolls on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Good Times Gin and Tonics, putting the GTs back in the GNT. Check out goodtimesdrinks.com.
They are Black Wizard, and that song is called Jesus, and such a good live band. They played a podcast show six, eight months back, I guess now. Deadly band, and you can see them again in Vancouver at Venue at the end of the month on the 28th, Friday. Church of Misery, Black Wizard, Wizard Rifle, and Forming the Void. Great show. Unfortunately, it's the same night of our podcast show with Patrick Gavigan and Phil Dixon, so I, for one, will not be able to make it, but nothing wrong with having choices. Speaking of Phil Dixon, you heard his song called Wishing Well. Again, on Friday, February 28th, he's playing the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe for the Toddcast podcast, Friday Nights, Volume 31. Patrick Gavigan, Phil Dixon, together, and then Kellen Sipe and Emily Malloy will be opening up the night. Tickets are eight bucks in advance right now through myshowpass.com. Ten bones if you wait for the door. We're going to start things up at nine o'clock. We'll go late. Hope you can come check this one out. The next couple of weeks of the podcast, we're going to be doing best of episodes. We're going to look back at the last eight to 10 podcasts and give highlights from all guest interviews. Of course, I wanted to give a big thanks to this week's guests as well. Chantel Kreviasek, thank you so much for calling up. Great to finally talk. Been a fan for many, many, many years. WWE SmackDown star Dolph Ziggler. Nick, thank you for taking the time to join us. And thank you for sharing like you do on social media. That's pretty cool and world poker tour royal flush girl ivy tevez thank you for sharing as well and thanks for being a guest that was fun talking with you and that's going to do it for this episode my name is todd hancock thank you so much for listening please tell your friends subscribe on itunes and spotify soundcloud comment and rate the podcast that does help with search results and whatever else again through toddcast podcast all platforms Huge thanks to all of our wonderful sponsors. You can find links to all of them at the homepage of toddhancock.ca. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, you can for as little as 10 bucks a day. There's contact info at the homepage. Shoot me an email and we'll meet up, have a beer, have a coffee and talk, see what's up. Till next time, don't be an asshole. Nobody wants to be around that. Have fun, play hard, and most of all, believe in yourself. The Toddcast Podcast. Keep in touch with Todd through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and bookmark ToddHancock.ca.